He is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The epistle for Easter Day tells us, If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. In a casual hearing, this can sound like an exhortation to be more spiritual or more heavenly-minded. However, if we look closely at Colossians, we will see that the epistle is talking about the implications of our baptism. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, 11 verses before our epistle, tells us, you were buried with Christ in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith. Thus, the epistle is telling us that our participation in the death and resurrection of Jesus through baptism and faith, should lead us to live as citizens of the heavenly kingdom rather than the earthly one. Our experience of death and resurrection is ongoing. It begins in baptism, but it continues each day in the life of prayer. Our old fallen nature that participates in the sin of Adam is being put to death. And we are growing into the new people God has made us to be in Christ. And this work will be completed on the day of resurrection, as the epistle says. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Our salvation is not a static thing. It's not an insurance policy against hell to be locked in a safe and cashed in on judgment day. The resurrection is not merely something we believe in. It is our state of being, our way of life. As 2 Corinthians says, we are always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. But what does this mean in practical terms? As those who were raised with Christ, how do we seek those things which are above? I will suggest two things. The first is that it leads us to practice and cultivate the virtue of detachment. And the second is that it makes us witnesses for Christ in the world. First, the virtue of detachment. Detachment means being free from the need for any result in this world. And this sounds good, but it is a virtue that is really hard to cultivate and develop. For we live in the world and we want things in the world, and we work and pray for things in the world, sometimes with great desire and faith. And God gives us things in the world. Nonetheless, the point of detachment is freedom from the need for any result in the world. The need for a result in the world makes us captive to the task of working for that particular result which distracts us 
from our vocation to seek first the kingdom of God and trust God for the results. Then, when we do not get our result, we get angry at God and disillusioned with our faith. But all we have done, in truth, is to mistake our will for God's will. A biblical example of detachment is the prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane. He prayed, Father, I don't want to face the cross. If possible, take it away. But I want what you want, not what I want. On Easter, we see this prayer from the other end. The Father said no to the temporal request, and the result was the resurrection, the salvation of the world, and the beginning of the new creation. Easter puts a new horizon on our prayer. Everything in this world must now be understood in the light of the resurrection of Jesus and our future hope of resurrection. This is where our joy and our peace, the joy and peace of Easter, are rooted. As Jesus said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have conquered the world. Easter reveals that we never really know what God is doing. The state of the world and our lives often look like Good Friday. Only through the faith that Easter gives Can we pray like Jesus in the middle of our pain and tribulation? Through constant prayer, prayer without ceasing, we hold on to resurrection life and hope in the midst of our daily experience of the cross. We carry about in our body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be revealed in us. And this leads us to the second implication of the epistle. We are witnesses for the resurrection. In Luke 24, 46 to 48, the risen Christ said to his disciples, it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to enter into his glory, to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of those things. We are also witnesses of these things. We are the visible evidence in the world to what God has done, is doing, and will do. And our witness is connected to the virtue of detachment. If we can only be witnesses for the life that is hidden with Christ in God, if we are detached from the need for results in the world that the citizens of the world are striving for. The world strives for results based on the illusion that this world can be fixed by human effort. The cross and resurrection reveal that the Tower of Babel building project will always fail. 
And the world has great anxiety because everyone knows deep down inside that this is true. We are witnesses to the Easter truth that God has already saved the world through the cross and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is Lord. He has conquered sin and death. He calls the world to repent and believe in him. He will come again to finish his work. God's plan to save the world is not popular. As St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. God's plan doesn't look like it's working. However, Good Friday also looked like a bad plan until Easter came. We are also witnesses to an Easter yet to come. As St. Paul says in Romans 8.18, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. He is speaking of the completion of our redemption in the resurrection on the last day, as he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 52 through 54. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Romans 8.21 describes the implications of this future Easter for the whole creation when it says, The creation itself will be delivered from its bondage to corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The new creation that began on Good Friday and Easter will be completed on the coming day of resurrection. Now, we must frankly admit that this hope does not sound any more plausible to the world than was the hope on Good Friday that the crucified man would rise on the third day. However, it is not our vocation to convince anyone it is true. It is our vocation as those who are raised with Christ to be faithful witnesses, for it is true. Thus, the epistle succinctly summarizes our vocation and our hope. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting on the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.